Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger basketball fans? We are back for another jam-packed edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, the Commercial Appeal Sports Columnist. I'm joined by Jason Munns, our Tiger Basketball Beat Writer. Since we last joined you, we've had Memphis Madness and then also the first ever Memphis Basketball Pro Day. There's a ton to go over. Um, including uh, Jason did an interview with ESPN draft expert uh, Jonathan Gavoni, and we'll have some of the highlights of that interview with his thoughts on how some of Memphis's players did at Pro Day. He was there for the whole thing, so stay tuned for that later in the podcast. Um, and then also we'll we'll go over some of the fallout from Memphis Madness recruiting-wise, just what the event was like. Um, but let's start with Pro Day first because it just felt like a significant moment for the program. Um, Memphis, because of uh, just a little background, so the Grizzlies are playing the New Zealand Breakers, who feature R.J. Hampton. And that combined with the fact that Memphis, in conjunction with that, really decided to have their pro day. Penny basically was... Penny knew in his head he wanted to have a pro day as soon as he signed this number one recruiting class. But then when he looked at the calendar and saw that R.J. Hampton was going to be here in Memphis and therefore a lot of NBA scouts were going to be here in Memphis because it's a lot easier to get to Memphis than it is to get to New Zealand to scout R.J. Hampton, he decided to hold the Tigers pro day the day before the New Zealand Breakers, R.J. Hampton's team, f- plays against the Grizzlies in a preseason game. So in essence, Memphis, for two days at least, is the center of the the NBA scouting world. I mean, base, there were, what, Jason? Six, there were probably 60 or 70 or so scouts at Memphis Tigers Pro Day. I know Penny said ninety, Penny but I said ninety. Yeah, I counted the room. It oh, was, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it wasn't quite ninety. No, it was like sixty or seventy. Um, Still a lot. Yes, and then <laughs> later in the evening on Monday evening, all of those, all of those same per- NBA personnel. There were GMs, assistant GMs, scouts. You know, Zach Kleiman of the Grizzlies was there. Chris Wallace, the former Grizzlies. GM was there. I think Dennis Lindsay, the Utah Jazz GM, was there. Um, but they all then went over to FedEx Forum and watched RJ Hampton practice. And so it was just a totally unique scene um, that you're. I mean, I I imagine Memphis has never experienced the Memphis basketball sort of community has never experienced something like what happened Monday. It was. Um, it felt. It did feel like you could feel the. Um, the moment, the weight of the moment, I guess. Um, and, and I think 
I mean, there was no, uh, no better illustration uh, of exactly what it meant for, for so many people um, other than the fact that, I mean, we talked to Penny before the, uh, before pro day and he admitted that the players were nervous. I mean, you know, these are guys who, these are guys who, you know, have done a lot of things in this game of basketball and for them, for something like, for something to make them nervous at this point in their lives, it must be pretty. It must be a pretty big deal. Well, and I think it just it it was it was a symbol of how far this program has come. Yeah, under Penny Hardaway in, in a very that, short period of time. Yes, in that you he held a pro day, and the Lori Walton Family Basketball Center was packed to the gills with NBA scouts. There there were very few chairs empty. It was teeming. Yes, I mean, as Mike Schmitz, the ESPN draft analyst, told me later that night. I mean, some teams sent five guys here for this, and and I should, you know, we you should point out. I, I do think part of it is R.J. Hampton, and this is one of the few opportunities they're going to get to see him stateside. Like these scouts are all going to get to watch the Memphis basketball team throughout this year. But it was really smart and strategic of Penny to do this in conjunction with the RJ Hampton stuff because he, I think I don't know if 70 NBA team personnel people come. If the pro day is two weeks from now or two weeks earlier, there, there still be, would be a lot because James Wiseman is right now the projected number one pick and precious Achua is a lottery pick, but Penny by putting it in conjunction with this New Zealand breakers appearance, I think maximized the number of eyeballs that are going that were that his team was seen by and the sense I got is you know like these NBA scouts have seen James Wiseman and Precious Achua during kind of the All-American circuit last year and it was probably good to see them again I think the people the, the people who really got, I think got the biggest boost from all this was the book like Boogie Ellis, Lester Quinones, Damian Ball, DJ Jeffries, um, Lance Thomas, guys who maybe weren't on the NBA radar yet. They hadn't been seen very much by NBA personnel, and this was a chance for them to showcase themselves. And from what I heard, and we'll get into this with we'll, we'll Jonathan Gavoni will talk a little more about this in a second. But from what I heard. You know, Boogie and Lester and Damian really did themselves some favors at this workout by by looking like looking good, essentially. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that means they're going to be one and done or whatever. Like as as Mike Schmitz pointed out to me, this is just a piece of the puzzle. Right. You know, this is just a starting point for these scouts. You know, ultimately the thirty five or forty games these these guys play this year even James and Precious that's going to be you know more so than anything a det- the determining factor in where and when they get drafted yeah um, i mean it's like um like you alluded to this is just one this is not the end all be all for for anybody it's october you know what i mean it's it, and these kids are still 18 19 years old um you know they 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 they've got to see how they perform how these young kids perform when when the lights are on, uh, so to speak. But um, this is a chance for them to not only get an update from the last time they saw James Wiseman and Precious Achua and maybe somebody else, but to also 
see some kids for the first time. Um, uh, I, in my conversation with Jonathan Gavoni, he said um, he said he'd never seen Boogie Ellis, and he was really the one that he um, was most excited about seeing. And um, and then you know other other reasons why they uh, other takeaways from from the from the pro day um, include you know how they interact with their teammates, how they interact with their coaches, how they interact when they're being given direction, how they, how they re react when they're being observed and scouted. Um, you know, these are all intent, those intangibles that you can't necessarily get or won't necessarily get a, um, you might not get a true sense of these things just by watching them in a game. Yeah, no, it's, it's, like I said, it's a it's a very good indicator of what Penny's building here. Let's let's get into what Jonathan Gavoni. You spoke to him, uh, I believe, Tuesday morning. Uh, what Jonathan Gavoni, who was there, we were only we were only able to watch thirty minutes of the pro day, uh, the local media, um, and we saw them do vertical the vertical jump test for the most part, and. Um, we saw we, him do some sprints. Yeah, some sprints. It wasn't much. Um, I will say some takeaways from what we saw. We didn't get the exact measurements, but James Wiseman's vertical jump, I can just assure you it's above the square of the backboard. So uh, I don't know what the number is, but pretty sure that's good enough to block a lot of shots. The You're high, getting above the square of the backboard on your standing vertical. The scale that they were using went up to 12 feet and he cleared that so yeah you know i mean and then you know well on his standing i want to say it like hit his wrist the top oh, you mean on, the or on his running yeah it right, hit right his wrist yeah um and precious achua Same. also yeah. cleared that 12 foot mark right um which would suggest and it looked like it looked like if i had to guess well i don't know ryan boyce jumped pretty high too um, he did but yeah, that was the most impressive thing to me. And then Boogie, I thought was when we were when we were watching him, it seemed like he had more spring than I thought. His max vertical, you know, the one the 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 test they use when you can get a running start was way up the, way I mean, yeah, it was higher than 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 I thought it would be. Yeah. No, he was like on his running getting near the top of the box. Yeah. Top I, of I the didn't square. did you see Damien's running? Uh, like, I did. It was pretty good too. Was like it? it was, yeah. I mean, he was. I mean, he's 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 an athlete. Yeah, he is. Um. So, and, and just the the real the real biggest takeaway is, I mean, <laughs> how much more athletic this team is than the past few, than certainly recent memory uh, of Memphis teams. Um. Like I mean, they're just they got a lot of athletes. Like like DJ Jeffries is a pretty good athlete, and he almost kind of looks. You hate to see, like he looks ordinary compared to some of these other guys. Even though compared to like the rest of the country, he's an above average athlete. I think he might be a gamer. You know, like he 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 doesn't he didn't seem like he tested well from what we saw. I mean, he, especially compared to his, I wouldn't. His I, it's hard for me to patch. I will say the scouts I've talked to, he hasn't really come up as someone who stood out right. at the at the event. But, but he sure. I mean, he stood out in the Bahamas. I mean, he. Well, as I've said all along about DJ, my question with him has always not, has never been can he produce against inferior competition. It's when he goes against similar ath similar style athletes, play people who are just as good as him 
or just as talented as him and how to, how he does against them. That's always been the question with him. It, you know, he, I know he can dominate inferior competition. He did it in high school and he did it in the Bahamas. Um, and we'll that'll, that'll be his, yeah, that'll be his test over this season. But let's get into Jonathan Gavoni here. Cause I thought he had some interesting things to say. Um, let's start first with what his thoughts were about the overall event. Um, it sounds like he came away impressed. What did, what did he, uh, let's, let's, play the uh, tape if you will yeah i've been to a lot of these events some of them can really drag uh, unnecessarily and this one was just everything was just every minute of of the thing was planned it was super high energy the guys were really getting into it the guys played really really hard which is great that's what we wanted to see and there were some incredible highlights i mean guys were making super athletic plays I mean, memphis like Physically, pound for pound, might be the most impressive team in college basketball, and they put that on on full display. Now these guys are young, you know, and they're they have a lot to learn, and it's it's October, and there's going to be ups and downs. But I was just uh, more than anything, I was impressed with the Memphis Tigers basketball operation. So some pretty interesting thoughts there from Jonathan. I think obviously the one that really stands out is. Him saying maybe physically this is pound for pound the most impressive team in the country. Um, that was a big stick. That's a yeah, big bold especially state. for a team with so many freshmen. Yeah, um, yeah. Which that, he did. Which he did couch it by saying, you know, listen, these these are freshmen, and and they'll they'll have their they'll have the, you know they they are freshmen, and so there will be freshman moments. But yeah, I mean, no, that's something very notable. And then the other thing that kind of stands out to me is his thoughts on just the operation because I think it it alludes to back to I mean Penny wants this to be an NBA friendly program the NBA is part of his pitch it was part of his pitch that got this number one recruiting class and the fact that it it was pretty obvious like it seems like it, it was a huge benefit for them that Cody Topper just came from the NBA and has been part of these workouts before and so it sounds like they structured it structured it in a way where the NBA guys could get the most out of it and the players could get the most out of it. And it's just, just, it's just another example of how they are, you know, they want to be NBA friendly and it's, I mean, in terms of recruiting, it's a, it's a very savvy decision. That's what I was going to say. It shows Penny Hardaway's savvy. I mean, when you go out and you hire a guy like Cody Toppert, uh, not necessarily a household name, but somebody who can bring so many different things to the table. He's a coach. Um, he, he, whether or not he can be a recruiter, I mean, I think you can you can pretty much gauge that just in talking to him. Um, and then again, the fact that he's got NBA experience, he's run these sort of pre-draft workouts before in his career. Um, it's just it's just a very savvy move on Penny Hardaway's part to to bring somebody like Cody Toppert in. It it pays off on so many different levels. So um, the next thing, uh, the next, I think, I guess most impressive uh, thing I thought Javoni, Javoni talked about was Boogie Ellis. It sounds like Boogie Ellis made an impression on him. And the Memphis basketball Twitter account actually just tweeted, we were talking about how we were kind of surprised, maybe not surprised is the wrong word, but it was impressive how how bouncy 
Boogie Ellis was. So the Memphis Basketball Twitter account just tweeted that he measured a 40 and a half inch vertical jump. So 40 and a half inches for Boogie Ellis. Wow. Which is really good. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's way up there. Yeah. Really good. Um, and so, um, but let's hear I mean, that would, that would be up there with some of the best at like an NFL combine. I, I, I... Oh, I mean, at 40 and above is exceptional. It always has been wow. that, that 40 is that barrier for exceptional. Um, and for someone who, you know, probably he need, probably needs to add a little strength. He's, he's, Six two, maybe you know it. it it's gonna be, that that will be hugely beneficial for him. Um, but let's hear Jonathan's thoughts on how Boogie did at Pro Day. You know, I had never seen Boogie Ellis in person, and so for me that was a great opportunity. That was one of the things I was actually most excited about. Wiseman, I feel like I've seen a hundred times by now. You know, so nothing is gonna really gonna show me is gonna be overly surprising, and that's you know more due to me than it is because of him. Right. Uh, but Boogie Ellis, that guy is a major talent. I mean, just athletically. I mean, he's a guy really. He's got good size. He's an athlete. He can really shoot the ball. He made some great passes yesterday too, which you know wasn't exactly his reputation coming in. I mean, uh, and then defensively, he was really out there competing, and so he, I mean, pretty clearly showed us that he's going to play in the NBA at some point. The question is how soon. Will he get there? So there you go. Uh, pretty high praise. Pretty for... high praise. Yeah. I mean, it's not, uh, I, the reports that have, I've heard. You know, whether it's other people talking, to other scouts, the scouts I talked to, like he helped himself a lot at this event. Like he's one guy who really, you know, did well for himself at this because we we knew Boogie was a scorer and a shooter, and the big question for him this season that he needs to answer because ultimately there's just. It's really hard to be a six foot two two guard in the NBA. Uh, you know, you can. It's not impossible, but to really sort of sort of you know guarantee himself or make himself a first round pick or a, a mainstay in the NBA, his future is at point guard, and he he, he had conceded that himself. That's what he wants to be, um, and it sounds like he showed some real point guard tendencies. Yeah, what that says what, in this event, in this pro day yesterday. Yeah, what Jonathan's evaluation, or at least his comments um, there about Boogie Ellis, tells me is that Boogie has been working really hard on that particular on the the, the passing, you know, on passing the ball that that facet of his game. He's been working hard on it because it wasn't that long ago that Boogie acknowledged to the media publicly in an interview that he. That he, like he knew that was his knock. He knew that was going to be the the part of his game he was going to have to improve on the most, and and prove that he can do that if he wants to play at the next level. And the fact that you know he impressed with that part of his game yesterday in front of the at pro day says to me he's been working really hard on that. Well, and it's a it's just a perfect example of sort of what Penny said before the event when someone asked him, you know. Sort of, do you not want your guy? You know, are you afraid of your guys blowing up? And Penny's like, no, I want all of them to blow up. Uh, He, you know, I think it it speaks to like this season. Like we we've talked about this season in terms of how will they, how we judge it in terms of wins and losses and how they go in the NCAA tournament. 
really a big judgment factor for this season is what happens in the NBA draft. Like, does James Wiseman go number one? Does Precious Achua, you know, play to a level where he remains a top 10 or lottery pick? Does anyone like Boogie Ellis or Damian Ball or Lester Quinones? Do they quote-unquote, blow up and become a first-round pick and become a one-and-done when maybe we didn't, maybe we weren't sure if they were going to be that type of recruit. And and Penny sort of said, like, if I have to go recruit a whole other team, it is what it is. So like, be it. Honestly, it'll probably be a lot easier if, if, you know, if multiple guys who you didn't expect to go one-and-done are going one-and-done because, you know, more so than, like, once these guys get to college, they want to win championships – but ultimately, when they're coming out of high school and when they like, obviously, when they leave, like the NBA is really what they're thinking about and, and being a first round draft pick um, while they're in college. It, you know, it's like, well, I'm here. I might as well win a championship. Might as well try, you yeah. know, but ultimately, that's their motivation is the NBA. And so if Penny in, if Penny's getting these guys to where they want to go. It's going to help him in the future, and he knows that. He, he Penny was even talking about yesterday. It's this is going to help me get a kid, get yep. get more kids. Um, so speaking of that, the the sort of obviously the focal point of all this is James Wiseman. Yeah. He's the presumpt he's the projected number one pick right now. Um, my working theory is that you know, like I said, these guys have seen James before. Um, and they've seen him a decent amount, these NBA scouts at this point. And Jonathan alluded to that, yeah. Um, so I don't know if he could necessarily... Cause to me, for James now at this point, it's about producing in the games and being dominant at the college level. That's what's That's the next step in terms of affirming his status as that number one pick. Um, and so an event like yesterday for him, it felt like to me... It wasn't necessarily going to help him, you know. If he did, if he if he did really well in that, it was just going to kind of, you know, if you're number one, where else can you can't really go up from number one, you know? It was just an event where you can't, where he might, you know, if he looked awful or something, he could have hurt himself. But the reports out of there was like, I think it was Jonathan Gavoni who tweeted, you know, this is a guy who has, who I think he he's gained ten pounds. He's now up to two forty seven. Um, and I can tell you from looking at him, that's not, he didn't gain a bad 10 pounds. It's a, it's a, oh my gosh, he's like pretty dang strong. (laughs) Um, and so, uh, you know, oh, and, uh, you know, so it, it's, uh, and he's got a long wingspan. And as we said, he can jump over his standing vertical, got him over 12 feet. (laughs) So, um, what did what did Jonathan have to say about uh, about James? Let's hear it. You know, the draft is in June, not right. in October, and you know we're all just kind of guessing at this point who the top prospects are. You know, mm-hmm. until these guys actually get out in front of scouts and play games and produce, then it's all very theoretical, you know, like where your draft stock is or isn't. And so, you know, we kind of went with James. We have James number one right now in our mock draft kind of by default, you know, because he, you know, he's been the front runner for years and, you know, who would have a seven, one athletic freak with that kind of body. 
but I think that, um, you know, you have to look at what other guys are doing too. If Anthony Edwards has a great season, LaMelo Ball is playing really well, RJ Hampton is playing great, Cole Anthony's going to have a great year. I mean, that's going to put pressure on James, you know, like to, you know, hold on to that spot, you know, which is a very, it's almost almost unfair to him, you know, like, right, uh, right. it's like, you know, it's like, it's like preseason uh, uh, rankings, you know, like, uh, you know, the media poll that we do, you know, what does that really mean? At the end of the day, not very much when these guys, when the season actually starts, you know, it's a placeholder for all of us. So in that regard, I thought it was great for Wiseman to, be able to play in front of, you know, I, I've heard differing accounts of how many people were there, 70, 80, 100. It was a lot of folks. It was a lot of very high-level people, GMs, assistant GMs, you know, like, so it was decision-makers. So for him to have that opportunity to, to showcase himself in front of those guys, I think that's extremely beneficial. So some interesting thoughts there from Jonathan on on James. Like I said, for him it's it's a lot of a lot of the evaluation now is based on how does he produce once he's going against college level competition this year. Yeah, I mean and cuz in and and part of the thing that I would assume that another reason why these uh scouts and executives wanted to see you know, wanted the chance to see Wiseman uh, so so badly uh, right now is because he didn't play in the Bahamas. Um, I mean, I mean, I would think that played into their uh, into the. You know, it's been a while since they've seen him, and and so um, yeah. yeah, and just the convenience factor. I mean, you sure. just like the, I think you can't overlook that. You had R.J. Hampton, and then this number one recruiting class, all within what five ten miles of each other, right? In one day, you can bang out all of that in one trip. Like yeah. that. That's why. That's why this was. This whole thing is kind of unprecedented and really cool. It's a spectacle it really in a is. lot of ways. Potentially three top ten picks in in one day in, in a span of about five hours. Yeah, exactly. To see exactly. All right, let's go a little rapid fire here. Let's start with Jonathan's thoughts on Damian Ball. We should point out. The Memphis basketball Twitter account has just tweeted out some of the measurables for Damian. Damian, not quite what Boogie did in the vert- vertical jump. Thirty, only thirty-nine and a half inches. But jeez, come on! A six-eight wingspan is what he measured at. That's a, that's your point guard, folks. Six-eight <laughs> wingspan. That's why he's so good defensively. Those long arms, he can get in there and steal the ball, Hand and he's ball. super athletic and twitchy. Um, but what, what were, I, I imagine this was Jonathan Gavoni's first time seeing Damian Ball since he's not really, he was not until yeah he kind of, he really, I would argue he's not yet considered an NBA prospect just because no one, he was kind of under the radar during the recruiting process. But what did Jonathan have to say? Physically, he's very impressive. He had some, um, really nifty finishes yesterday attacking the basket, you know, using, you know, creativity to finish around the rim. The jump shot, you know, needs a lot of work and that's the, you know, probably going to be the biggest issue that, you know, we'll see if he can improve on, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to play in the NBA right now if you're not a good shooter. And so, 
Um, maybe he's a better shooter than what he showed yesterday, but uh, it, it did a, he, you know, that's, that's going to be the big thing we're going to be tracking. So pretty much right in line with what the evaluation on Damian was. He does everything but shooting well. He does a lot of things really good, um, but his shooting, the outside shooting needs work. And it's, you know, there there are some there are some anomalies like Rajon Rondo who have made a you know had successful NBA careers as point guards and yet not being capable outside shooters. But it's it's a lot it's a lot harder path. Yeah. Uh, the good news is to me, shooting is something like you can turn. Like I think I think Damian is a I would call not I wouldn't call him a bad shooter. I'd call him a like mediocre shooter like because of all the other things he does well if he can just become an average shooter i think that will be a huge benefit and that's that's sort of what you can do shooting wise you can turn you can go to that next level i don't know if he'll ever be a great shooter but like look at jason kidd for instance jason kidd was not a good shooter when he entered the nba by the time he finished his career he was a very capable shooter um, outside shooter. He was actually, I mean, you could argue by the end he was actually a good shooter. Um, yeah, it's so funny, It's funny you bring up uh, the Rajon Rondo, uh, you know, because that's the comparison that Penny Hardaway made when we were talking to him down in the Bahamas about Damian Ball. He used, uh, you know, he, he said Rajon Rondo, Gary Payton, that sort of thing. I don't think... But let's be real. He's going to have, like, I know, like, I'm sure all these kids have one-and-done dreams, but, like, one, it's not the worst thing for Damian, and it's certainly not the worst thing for Memphis. If he's like he's he was a guy you projected to be here at least a few years, um, and so um, you know, may, again, like Penny said, if he blows up and becomes a one and done, like great. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not a bad thing if he's not a one and done or for not either, a two and done for either side. I mean, yes, it's, it's obviously great for Memphis if he stays and if he if he uh, and, and great for him. I mean, it, it would benefit him down the road potentially. All right, last one. Let's hear what uh, let's hear what Gavoni said about Lester Quinones. The other guy I heard sort of stood out at this event. Quinones, he I mean, he can really really shoot the ball. I mean, I thought that was pretty evident from watching him yesterday um you know in the live in the live action it wasn't quite as impressive as in the drills but um i thought he he did a nice job of acquainting himself to people that you know probably weren't too familiar with him going into yesterday that's the key word there and it goes back to what we said at the beginning acquainting himself this isn't like it was pro day but really the only true like guarantee one and dones are James Wiseman and Precious Achua, more than likely, and even I mean, but even Precious is not a. It's, it's he. I mean, well, I think I think Precious is complicated because he's twenty. Yeah. So honestly, if he, I actually think no matter what, he's going. Whether his stock rises or falls, because he's old, he's probably like honestly. I was thinking about it yesterday. He's Precious is. I mean, he's older than Tyler and Alo. Maybe he's the same age as Tyler because Tyler's a little old for his grade. Um, Lance is probably a little older than him, but he's like one of the pressure is one of the older guys on the team, yeah. age wise. And so, but this was about acquainting themselves. That was the that was the point of this whole uh, thing. It was to get them in front of these eyeballs, and that's what they did. And it's always 
It was a very successful day for Memphis basketball. I mean, you think about it. The only other teams that I know of this year that are holding that have the type of players where you can have a pro day event like this and it you know anyone can have a pro day event but like the key is will the NBA scouts actually come and the only other two schools that I know of that have the talent this year to do this on this state on this level are Kentucky and Duke now Washington has a couple one and Duns and Jaden McDaniels and Isaiah Stewart. Maybe I don't know if they're having one or not this year. Like Vanderbilt had one last year when they had Darius Garland. But there's a reason very few schools in the country can have this. It's because they don't have the talent. Like you know, Penny was asked, you know, what made you decide to have a pro day? And he kind of he joked, but not really joking. Like I got, I, we got us some pros. Oh, he wasn't joking in the <laughs> least. He tried to make it. He tried to make it seem like he was joking after after he realized how it came out. But I mean, he said, yeah, when we when we assembled some pros, we're gonna have a pro day. Yeah, I mean, he predicted five or six of these guys could eventually get drafted, and he so. Did. Um, five or six. I mean, who would that? So Wiseman, Precious, Precious Boogie. Boogie. Ball, Damian and DJ and Lester. Lester, yeah. I'd say and, and and I'd say my guess is Lance is more of like your overseas type of guy, but maybe Lance if he show really shows out this year um and next year. So, yeah. you know, 6 seven, yeah, out of those to 7, yeah. You know, we'll see. And and honestly, if they all turn in if five or six of these guys are pro level type players, probably probably a good sign for what this season will hold. Yeah, we've lost sight of the fact, you know, like we're sitting here talking about all these guys' pro potential, never mind the fact that the better, you know, the, the higher their pro potential, the better probability. Yes. Is. No, like ultimately, if James Wiseman's the number one pick and Precious Achua is a lottery pick, probably means the season went pretty well because it means those two guys played really well. Yep. And when you have two lottery picks, essentially, in college basketball, you're hard to beat. <laughs> it's just that's the bottom line. You're yeah. hard to beat. Yeah, very. Um so that was pro day. Let's let's wrap up this podcast. We should, you know, it's funny. It, it's kind of now overshadowed Memphis Madness in a way. Like you almost forgot about Memphis Madness happening. Um, but that was obviously a huge event for this basketball team. Um, Money bag, yo, uh, future, future, little baby, little baby. key Glock, key Glock, and little uh, little Dolph, young Dolph, young Dolph, all showed up. Um, and you know Jalen Green was there. He was the star attraction, but so was Devin Askew, Musa Cisse, Kennedy many, Chandler. How many we want Jalen chance? There were several. There was like there, at least four. Yeah, but the one problem was, and he was there, loving it. He was loving it, but there was no like overpowering one where the yeah. whole arena did it. Last year, there was like a moment where like the entire student section in arena was chanting, "We want, Jan- we want Wiseman." Wiseman, yeah. Um, we didn't get that this year, but it seemed like Jalen Green had a good time. I mean, he tweeted just a couple of days ago about, I don't forget the exact words, but it's like, it's, I think it's like Memphis love is different or something like that. Like he, yeah, I mean, I think it made a good impression. That's, that was the whole point of this. And so that made it successful in and of itself. But then they also had, you know, the theme was all the smoke or we want all the smoke. And I thought the most interesting part of the night was you know one penny's entrance in the smoke where it was basically like and then also in con- in combination with what he said afterwards where he basically said yeah we it, want it 
Yeah, like I'm not apologizing for anything, whether it's you know saying we're going to win a national championship. You know, this is who I am. This is we're taking on the personality of the city, and and if you don't like it, well, I don't understand you because yeah. this is how you should be. You should. Put, and, they should have had all the smoke written on the front of their hoodies, and then like get over it or something like that on the back. Like that. That was basically his message. Yeah. You don't, if you don't like it. Too, too, you know, tough. Yeah, no, I think I thought it was a statement. I, I wrote in my column; it was a statement to college basketball's establishment. That whole event was like, "Hey, this is who we are. This is who we're going to be." And I don't care what you say about it. And I think, I think it honestly fits the city and this this community perfectly. Like it 100%. really does. It, it, the rest of the country will be honestly rooting for Penny to fall on his face, given all of this bravado. But again, like always with Penny, the, his constituency, if you will, you know, his base, you know, just eats this stuff up, and he knows it, and he knows it. And he play, he plays into it, and it's, it's again, I, it's not quite to the level of the savviness of the pro day, but it is, it's strategic. Whether I, whether I agree with it or not, there's a. It, Penny is not doing it willy nilly. He's doing it with a clear purpose, a clear vision. And and he's created a, an identity for this team to really buy into, and that, you know, that to me, if this team is successful, we're, we're going to look back on some of this preseason rhetoric and and how it set the table for what could be a special season. I think the only thing that was missing from Memphis Madness was John Woo and a bunch of doves, and and maybe like some slow mo. <laughs> like if if Penny had come out in slow motion, somehow. Uh, like a, like if they had incorporated a strobe light, so it made it look like he was coming out in slow. Uh, that, that was the only thing that was missing. Otherwise, Memphis Madness was fantastic. Well, and since Memphis Madness happened on the recruiting front, Isaiah Todd eliminated Memphis from his consideration. He's now down to Kansas and Michigan. And then uh, I believe yesterday during the pro day, did they have an official visitor? Yeah, uh, Dawson Garcia. I I. My understanding is he he arrived on Sunday, okay, and he was going to be there yesterday, Monday, and I think today. He's Tuesday. a what a four star, four star power forward like from six, Minnesota, six nine six ten from Minnesota, um, and and he's considered like his top seven is Memphis, Marquette, Minnesota. Um, I off the top of my head, I want to say Kansas may be in there, um, and a couple of others, but he's he's a. Uh, what a top twenty-five recruit, I think. He is a. Let's see here. Um, he's from Prior Lake, Minnesota. I mean, this—I'll be honest. This is the type of player: six eleven, two twenty, power forward, um, two four seven composite as him as a four-star, number thirty in the country. Yeah. So that's an interesting development, and then. You know what's interest what's what's fascinating on the Jalen Green front is this. It just feels like this 2020 recruiting class. It just hinges so much on him. A lot. It of really does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like to me, it's going to be a really successful class if you get them, and if you don't, they're gonna they're gonna be scrambling. Yeah, you're gonna have to. I mean, I I assume they have a contingency, a plan B if they don't. You know, if Jalen Green's decide Green decides to go somewhere else, but um, yeah, it's going to be a blow if they if they if they can't get him. I mean, I I, I think Mati Sissoko going to Michigan State was a bit of a blow. I know that they were sort of targeting him as their um, 
as as their big man of of the next of next season. Um, but if J, if they lose out on Jalen Green, that's going to be a big one. Now it's interesting. His Jalen Green's crystal ball right now is seventy one percent Oregon, twenty nine percent Memphis. Um, although Brooks Hansen, uh, the publisher uh, and owner of the Go Tigers two four seven site, he crystal balled him to Memphis after the visit ended earlier this week. Um, so that is interesting. Brooks is no dummy. He's well connected. So that's right. a, maybe a good sign for Memphis. Um, although a lot of the other national two four seven writers have or, have have picked him for Oregon recently. Uh, and so, don't sleep on Auburn. I mean, they're still in the mix. I think a little bit. Yes, but, absolutely, um, absolutely. But I, I I feel good about Jalen Green and, and with Memphis's chances with Jalen Green. I still feel good about it. Um, I've talked to uh, someone who is close to both Jalen and his family, um, and I'll have a little bit of that in the mailbag that's publishing this week. But um, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's any reason to you know, necessarily be sweating, sweating it right now. Well, I mean, it's, he's not deciding until Christmas day. Right. So right. he's going to, he's going to make it a busy work day for us on Christmas day. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how well, I feel about that. Yeah. It is what it is. You know, I mean, well, it's, yeah, we'll get, we can get into that later, <laughs> but, um, so that, you know, like I said, a jam packed edition of the podcast this week. Yeah. Um, Lots to get to, and, and honestly, I mean, the season is getting closer and closer. The exhibition first exhibition game is like two weeks, a little more than two weeks, a away. little more than two weeks away. Um, Monday is AAC Media Day in Philadelphia. Muns will be there. We'll see if Memphis- I legit almost forgot until you said that. Like yeah. I kind of forgot. But yeah, let's let's. But we'll see. We'll see if you know. My my guess is there'll be some. Memphis players on the all AAC preseason team. I, I would think they're going to get picked to win the league, but although Penny yesterday was claiming, even though a week ago he was saying we're going to win a national championship, he's claiming that you know Cincinnati matter. and Houston should maybe be considered the favorites right now because they were the top dogs last year. Um, well, you don't have to win the conference to win the national cha- title. That's true. You? That's true. But we'll see what the coaches think. Right. At AAC Media Day, and and Wiseman and Precious are going to be there. They're going to represent Memphis at the event. So, Jason will be there to chronicle it all. I suggest you go to commercialp.com. We've got tons of coverage of Tiger basketball on there. I really, I mean, you're missing out if you're not reading. You're not. You're not staying informed. As good as this podcast is, you are not staying informed unless you are reading our stuff at commercialpeel.com because we don't say everything on here that we write on there. So make sure you're checking everything out on commercialpeel.com. But till next time, I was Mark. I was joined by Jason. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you next week. The Tiger Basketball Podcast can be found each week during the regular season at commercialappeal.com. You can also subscribe for free to the Tiger Basketball Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.